<laughs> We're so busy. Hey, my friends, it's Andy and Hedy coming live from Orange County, California. How are you? I'm good. I am I'm full. Just, uh, I'm full of Olive Garden. Are you? Yes. Oh, oh look at that. Sorry, Jack. Uh, we usually don't like to come on when Jack, Pastor Jack yes. Hibbs at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is on. Um, but um, we weren't paying attention. No. So sorry, all of you. Oh, we got somebody to join us. Maybe that's somebody that's not watching Jack. <laughs> uh, and those of you that are haven't regularly followed us or happen to be watching the replay and going, what are you guys talking about? Is that um, quite, a, quite a large number of people have come to us through... Um, Jack in his yes. podcast and that kind of stuff. Pastor so Jack. your mic is really far. Um, and so we try not to come on when Jack is on because the people that uh, are fans of his that happen to follow us, uh, we don't want them to have to make a choice. And we don't want to take custom, custom, uh, viewers away from Jack. Oh, right. <laughs> I know Meaning we would draw. lose viewers. <laughs> hey, something very interesting right now. We have added a channel. We are now on Facebook, LinkedIn. Is our new channel? Yes. Uh, and how can they find through your name? My name. You just go to Hedia. Our Living Fearless Devotional, oh, Resurrect really? Ministry. It's all connected to my to my nice. profile. So, in addition to YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, so we're we're all over the place and Rumble. So tonight, for the first time, we're on Facebook, Twi uh, uh, in, uh, LinkedIn. That's gonna be, I'm gonna get used to saying it's that. It's called Facebook LinkedIn. No, there's Facebook. Oh, okay. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. YouTube. Twitch, Twitter, and Rumble. But for the first time, we're on LinkedIn. LinkedIn for the first time. So hello, LinkedIn. Uh, glad to be here with you. Go to resurrectministry.com to find any of our other broadcasts that uh, we do on a daily or monthly or weekly basis. What do you do? Um, is it weekly that you do? No. Uh, um, Remnant Rising? Remnant Rising. Every week. Every week. Wow. And this week, we're interviewing Amarzia who wrote um, the book Captive in Iran. Uh, she became a Christian while living under the authoritarian regi regime of the Islamic Republic in Iran after the revolution. Wow. And she actually served time in the female prison, the toughest Ivan prison, prison in Iran. And she has an amazing testimony. And now she's running for Congress in Georgia. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you'll be doing that tomorrow? We're doing that tomorrow. Uh, but it doesn't air until Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to uh, sit in the room in that little chair right there and listen to you guys. Great. If you don't mind. All right. So go to Re Resurrect Ministry where you'll find all the ways to find uh, where we're at and what we're doing. All right. We're going to read. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. We're going to read the scripture reading uh, that Smith Wigglesworth devotional has in the devotional. We just think it'll tie it together better and uh, make it easier to understand what um, Smith Wigglesworth is going um Going to put us through, put us through, that sounds bad. <laughs> no. Going to uh, um, take us through uh, in regard to the scripture as it as it relates to the devotional. So, idea. Yeah, we remove the frame. Oh, yes. Right. And then, we're gonna, and then we're going to put the ticker on so you can follow along. I will going to list the passage. All right, here we go. So 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 34. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. 
He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom were still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of them saying there'll be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been risen either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ would be lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will now be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority, so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. If the dead will not be raised, what point is it that people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it, why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there was no resurrection from the dead? I love it that he's giving a point like, why would I be doing all of this? Yes. You know, and if there's no resurrection, let's feast and eat and drink because tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by what the people are saying. Such things for bad company corrupts good people and good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Mm. It's like the whole thing right there with what it means to be a Christian. Yes. You don't believe this. Right. And yeah. one of the greatest testimonies of the authenticity, the veracity, the truth of the Bible is that the apostles suffered such extreme torture and death and um, persecution that why would people do that for a lie? And that's what Paul's saying. Why would I suffer the way I suffered if there's no resurrection from the dead? If it's only about this life, 
oh goodness, I wouldn't have gone through all this trouble. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been worth it. He would have said, eat, drink, be merry, for we all die tomorrow. Right. And not just one, and not just one person. No, I mean, it's hundreds. Of, yeah, hundreds of people. Yeah. So amazing. Hello, Jan French. Nice to see you. Such an amazing passage. Isn't Absolutely. It? Uh, and, and that's why I thought it was important to read that before we get into this devotional, because so much of this devotional is directly related to that part of the scripture. So it's called Our Living Hope. Again, this is Smith Wigglesworth devotional, and uh, the reference is 1 Peter 1.3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the scripture reading is what we just read, 1 Corinthians 15.1-34. Smith says, a farmer surveys his land eagerly, scanning the first ears of corn, poking through the soil. He knows that first beginnings often indicate the outcome of the harvest. <clears throat> In the same manner, we can be assured of resurrection because Jesus Christ has ridden, risen from the dead. And as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Christ is now getting the church ready for translation. In Peter, we read that we are begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, to be changed. What a living hope he gives. Although Peter, or, I'm sorry, although Paul and Peter were together very little, they both were inspired to bring, to bring before the church the vision of this wonderful truth that the living are being changed. If Christ did not rise for our faith is in vain. And we, are, and we are still in our sins. But Christ has risen and become the first fruits. And we now have the glorious hope that we will also be changed. We who were not a people are now the people of God. Mm. We have been lifted from the mire to be among princes. Be, beloved, God wants us to see the preciousness of it. It will drive away the dullness of life Jesus gave all for this treasure. He purchased the field because of the pearl, the pearl of great price. Jesus purchased it, and we are the pearl of great price for all, oh, for all time. Our inheritance is in heaven, and in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, we are told to comfort one another with these words. We could be better than the hope that in a little while the change, oh, what could be better than the hope that in a little while the change will come? It seems like such a short time ago that I was a boy. Soon I will be changed by his grace and be more than a conqueror with an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. The inheritance is in you. It is something that is accomplished by God for you. When my daughter was in Africa, she often wrote of things corroding. Our nature is corruptible, but as the natural decays, the spiritual is at work. As the corruptible is doing its work, we are changing. When will it be seen? When Jesus comes. Most beautiful of all, we will be like him. What is the process? Grace. What can work? What can what can work it out? Love. It cannot be translated into human phrases. God so loved that he gave Jesus. Amen. There is something very wonderful about being undefiled in the presence of my king, never to change only to be more beautiful. Unless we know something about grace and the omnipotence of his love, we will never be able to grasp it. But believers can say, 
love fathomless as the sea, grace flowing for you and for me. Thought for today, just as in the flesh Jesus triumphed by the Spirit, we can be like him in his victory. Wow. It's a lot. It is a lot. Where do you want to start? I want to break it down. I want to do a little a short summary. All right. Hey, Kate. Nice to see you. So based on the scripture that we read, um, 1 Corinthians 15, and this passage, what um, Smith is drawing our attention to is what Apostle Paul explained is we're the precious pearl. Christ died for us, for us to be saved. He rose from the dead, conquered death so that this spiritual life can manifest on earth. Not only does it have an eternal life, but that it manifests on earth. So our job here is to have the flesh die while we're still here and have the spirit shine through, the, that Christ likeness shine through. And so they make the analogy of the fact that the body is decaying. The body is going, is aging, is going backwards, it's getting worse, but the spirit is getting stronger until the day the body sleeps and the spirit is in its full glory. The, the corruptible puts on the incorruptible, as we read the other day. So we, this, the process, though painful at times, if we, if we relish in the notion that we are constantly getting better, we're going from glory to glory as our spiritual bring, being grows in strength, that gives us the power to go on in this life as long as we focus on the christ likeness that we're trying to achieve i don't know if that helped or hurt but no it helped a little yes <laughs> so amazing it is I mean, it's, it's it really a, is when you think about it it's something that is obviously easier for me to wrap my head around now than it was in the past because it just seems like so mumbo jumbo oh, yeah. that sounds so complicated what is that yeah and all this stuff was it okay i'll just go to church you know i'll just go to church. and that yeah what, what he says sounds really great but it's really not something that you can grasp until you have faith and 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 you and, walk with and, him and walk with him and talk with him and build your relationship with him yes and then it really begins to kind of manifest uh it's in you uh, through, and you start to see it and you start to see it and you start to see how he's working in your life and how he puts things in your path and um, changes your perspective, you know, on how you look at relationships, how you look at your children, how you look at uh, discipling and praying. It's it just, it's kind of what I was talking today. I, I, I had the opportunity to speak at career day at my daughter's um, uh, school, uh, middle school. And that's kind of one of the things I was kind of talking about that as I was there to speak about becoming a dog trainer and how do you become a professional dog trainer? And it's turning a passion into a business. So if you have, a, I had a passion for animals as, as a young kid and still do to this day, as you know, and um, I started training them. And it's one thing to do it as a hobby, but when now you're trying to sell this thing that you have in you so that other people can benefit from it, you have to spend a lot of time immersed in the craft and building your craft and building this, um, uh, this 
you know, the system of training and how you're going to work with people, that kind of stuff. But what happens is, is things get much clearer. Like you can see things automatically. You can see things other people can't see. I can see things in a dog. Oh, well, that dog's, and it's happened in several times. I can tell somebody, oh, that dog's going to bite you. Uh, and then the dog bites him. Like almost like I willed it to happen. No, I could see it coming. Right. Right. But it's from immersing yourself as being involved in wisdom and, and immersing yourself in, in the information that things become so much clearer. And the analogy to walking with God is? Is that I'm spending more time with them and immerse myself in reading devotionals with you, talking things out, praying, spending time with them and, and having conversations with them, listening to them. And so that's increasing your ability to understand. To understand and to feel his presence and to see how he works in our lives. And that we can ex not exist we cannot be in this home. We cannot see the things that we see, the mountains, the birds, the, plane, the, the, the planes, the, the birds and the bees and everything. And, and now we, it, it, it has to be from God. There's no other way these things could have happened. Where before it's like, oh, it's cool that these things are here. But you see God in everything now, or I do. I see God in everything that I didn't see before. But it's just so much more apparent. Hope I answered your question. Were you looking for something else? No, <laughs> I wasn't looking for anything. <laughs> What about you? I mean, how, from going from the Muslim faith, yes. did, do things look much different to you in, in the Christian faith than they did the Muslim faith? Well, because you had faith and you had a faith in a, a God, not the God, but a God. No, the primary difference that I try to explain to Muslims all the time is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is literally pulling you. I mean, it's, it's a person, it's the God spirit in you that's talking to you advising you changing you that living hope that smith is referring to that's that paul originally cites is the living hope that we are being transformed that we are the closer we walk to christ the the more our lives are being transformed and i and uh, amir safardi i referenced his book i really really recommend it revealing revelation he says I really worry about the church that becomes busy in doing church, where it's all about going to church, serving, having Bible study, going to the group, you know what I mean? Like, and, and serving at the homeless mission. And you just get so busy, you forget that you're the bride of Christ and he's coming back for you. And you're going to be, you know, and you're, you need oil in your lamp or he's going to take the lamp stand away. So the book of Revelation and the Lord's admonishment, you know, his warnings to the church are don't get so wrapped up. Don't live a duplicitous life. Don't go out and be a drunk on Saturday and a churchgoer and a worshiper on Sunday. Walk with me. You know what I mean? Learn my ways carry, you know, give me your burden, take mine. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Like if we don't, if we don't do life with Jesus, then we will miss the greatest gift of all, mm -hmm. which is that transformation right? of bringing in the incorruptible in this world, hmm. not just waiting until we sleep. Right. <laughs> So Joseph, I want to get to a few of the comments here yes. because they're starting to pop up. We got Joseph who says, bless you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bless you. Kate says. It's so true. The slower my body has become, my spiritual life has more clarity. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what Paul has described to us what happened. So funny. Hooked on Jesus. 
Paul was amazing. He would disagree, but to be so spirit filled and brilliant to experience so many struggles yet. So relatable to the common man like me. Yes, absolutely. I totally identify with Paul too. Um, Even though none of us has that brilliance, but just that, just the kind of, I don't know, the miraculous transformation and, and his dedication and how he says, oh, I, I do the things I hate, and yet I do not do the things I long to do, and yet I do the things I hate to do. And he just, he was so real about the struggles in walking with Christ too, which I love about him. He was both brilliant and yet a fool for Christ, hooked on Jesus says. You know, it got me thinking, I read that before uh, we were, I just clicked on it. And what it really um, instantly made me think of, of, of people like C.S. Lewis. Right. And uh, even uh, Peterson, what's his first name? Jordan. Jordan Peterson, as he seems that he's coming to an understanding, yes. a, a famous atheist seems that he's yes, coming into absolutely. Uh, the idea that God exists before he did. For sure. And, and Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, in my, in my days, not walking with God, um, it was almost that I had the, the thought like, well, with somebody that's brilliant, you except know, this except this faith, you know, this, this idea of God, this idea of Jesus Christ dying and, and, and being nailed to a cross and, uh, well, first being nailed to a cross and dying, <laughs> had it out of order, uh, and then rising again. I mean, it, it, would a brilliant person, what, what is it that they think? But then you, you begin to, you know, learn more, and then you, you read C.S. Lewis, and a brilliant man who, as he became more brilliant and more seasoned, became a believer. And now again, we see Jordan Peterson and we see a whole number of other people who yes. who've come to Christ that it's in their brilliance that they realize, Hey, this, how could you not believe in Christ? Absolutely. And so I think that's really cool that, that, that that's the first thing I thought of was that he was brilliant and yet a fool for Christ. That's so important. Amen. Right. Uh, and Wayne says, take time to review your own testimony and see how you go from glory to glory over time. You are building your relationship with God. And it is so true yeah. is to acknowledge that transformation. So to not only yearn for more, but to definitely give praise and glory to God that you are being transformed. And that's, again, the difference between Islam and being a follower of Christ is that you honestly feel different. It's not an external push to try to become better. You're literally something in you is changing you for the better. And the more it's from a force outside of yourself as the Holy Spirit, the better you're going to become. The less you rely on yourself, the better you become. Totally opposite than any other religion, even Buddhism. That's all about, you know, uh, self-denial in a kind of, in an almost masochistic way, as opposed to, oh, Lord, do it in me because I'm helpless without you. They, they believe, same with Islam, that the external physical pressure will wear you down and make you sincere. But, um, but Christ doesn't operate that way. He's like, just let go of it and let me take over and you'll be transformed. I do love uh, this one part here uh, towards the end. It's um, in 1 Corinthians 15 at... Uh, 33, it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company, which reminds me of the band, bad company, but <laughs> bad company corrupts good character. 
And, uh, and this is one of the things that I tell my kids all the time is that in it, this, if, if you are hanging out with people that are bad company, you, you need to change your company. You need to, um, you know, change friends. If it, if it feels kind of funny that they're getting involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in, then that's the Holy Spirit telling you that you need to change your company. Uh, that includes music you listen to, the website you're visiting, all that kind of stuff. That's all bad company. And uh, it, it's, um, you know, they, they often need us to remind them of that too. And I can tell you for sure that is what's probably one of the biggest changes in my life that had to come at some point where I had to change my company. And it's not just people. Like I said, it's it's things that you're doing, where you're going on a regular basis that those things need to it, change. If If you're going to be of good character, then you hanging out, and th- unless you're there, like you, our friend Glenn, if if you're the there, corner. if you're there to change what's happening in these areas, that's a whole different story. Oh, that's rare. Yeah, but it's also like Jesus hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. He's you not people. He, you know, people often use that example, but no. that's not what he did. No, you know, he didn't like he didn't go and hang out in a um a in brothel. a in a brothel. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> no prostitutes came to him mm-hmm. so people are like well he hung out with the sinners and he's like well he didn't hang out like he didn't hang out in a bar no people from the <laughs> bar came to see jesus <laughs> right. don't get it twisted yeah so you have to know the difference like, yeah. you can't go to the bar and, and say, say I'm well, you're trying to save people i'm trying to save some people no yeah there's two different ways of looking at that but um that's so important. I, I, I think as it, it kind of lays down all that little thing. And then at the end, it says bad company corrupts good character. And so if you're going to uh, not only accept me as your Lord and Savior, um, you know, you need to change what it is you're doing. You're hanging out with. That would be very important to remember. Um, hooked on Jesus says, oops. Off topic, but Hedia, could you explain the difference between Sunni and Shia? <laughs> I know the Saudis are saying the Temple Mount truly belonged to the Jews and only Mecca matters. Uh, oh, it's a long one. Uh, let's see. So Sunni and Shiite, the main doctrinal difference is the Shiites believe that the rightful succession after Muhammad died went to Ali, his um, uh, nephew. So, uh, but the Sunnis believe it transpired, uh, it passed by secession to Abu Bakr and then every right guided caliph that was appointed after him. Uh, so more by wisdom and stature and appointment rather than bloodline. So that has remained a distinct difference since the, the death of Muhammad. And they've been warring ever since. And warring ever since. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Back to the topic. Wayne says... Uh, what is neat about the gospel is you don't have to be super smart. It is so easy to understand, but you will spend the rest of your life building on your relationship with God. Amen. Yeah. Very true. But Wayne, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit because he interprets the scripture for you. You, I'm sure, have come across many, many people that pick it up and it sounds like gobbledygook to them. They mm-hmm. don't understand it at all. So it is it is <laughs> truly a gift, you know, Um mm-hmm. Because otherwise, we don't have the discernment to understand it. Yeah, it, it's almost when I when I first started learning about it, it, it with Smith Wigglesworth, learning about speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. To me, this is what this is. Where when I wasn't with Christ, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand the tongues that were being spoken. 
<laughs> and it was it was in English, uh, but it became clear, and I could I could now understand it because of the Holy Spirit, because of God in me was able to now you know bring out the Living Bible uh, more so, so that I could understand it. Yeah. It's almost like God translated the Bible for me. He so did I understand it. Yeah. He did, and he said that only the believers will understand it. And he said I was going to add that. <laughs> Great, <laughs> that's okay. You I want to get back it. off topic to what he said also about what the Saudis saying only. only uh, oh. So the controversy over the Temple Mount and Mecca, as I mentioned, you asked a similar question about why was it significant? Is that because the Hijra, the um, the ascension of the Prophet Muhammad took place over Jerusalem to the Temple Mount is the belief. And so there, that's what gave the significance to that land. And that's why they fight over that land. The Saudis, in trying to be conciliatory to the Israelis, are saying, no, it's only Mecca because that's where the Kaaba is. That's where the house is that Abraham first built and um, for Hagar and Ishmael. So that's what's significant and we shouldn't be fighting over the Temple Mount. And I think that's them trying to um, compromise with the Israelis because now they're in a peace accord, which is awesome. Is that, uh, is that what that, the black box is in the That's Kaaba in Mecca. And you used to go there. I've been there. I've been on the Hajj, the pilgrimage. Yes. Yeah. How was that? One of the worst experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I literally almost asked somebody to hella vac me out of there. I was like, I was seriously contemplating calling my father and being like, you have to rescue me. How long have you been a, a Muslim and how long have you been in the faith when you went there? 18 years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was in there a long time. I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage to get up and, and go. And most people are like, oh, it's a glorious experience. I, I was dying. I mean, it's because it's the heat and the, or the smell. I mean, it. <laughs> What is it not? I mean, you have uh, one million people crammed into, I don't know, one square mile. And you're all on top of each other. It's hot. It smells. It is um, physically very grueling. You can't get to restrooms. You can't eat at normal times. You're forced to eat in a communal setting with food that's been left out for 10, 11 hours in the sun. You don't know whether you're going to get food poisoning. Most likely you will. Uh, you have to get on a plane, train in an automobile, you get on a bus and the bus breaks down. Oh, it's goodness grief. It's the, it's really one of the most physically grueling things that um, any human being can endure. And I endured a lot of physical, physical difficulties, but nothing compared to that. So here, just in case, I'm sure many of you have seen it, but this is what it looks like. Um, oops, why is it doing this? Hold on, I got to bake it. See if I can make it large here, but uh, taking a monorail oh, to Mecca. Hold on, let me remove it. I got to do this again. It's just I want you to see what she's talking about, and I've seen the pictures. That's why I, I think it's really important that I bring it to you. Here we go. So this will be. A, and that's a, just a, that's just around the Kaaba. That's just in that one um, part of the ceremony. But you have to travel from Mecca to Medina and you have to go to other parts. And then there's this part actually where you have to throw stones at the devil. Mm-hmm. And imagine um, 200,000 people throwing stones simultaneously in a single direction. Here? It's, it's in a different part. Oh, wow. Um, 
So imagine that you're going around it um, with all these people. But what I meant about throwing stones is 200,000 people throwing stones in a single direction. And <laughs> I told my group, uh, I was like, like little tiny stones, pebbles, rocks. Yeah. I told him, I said, you've got to be gritting. I am not standing there. With all imagine you. Yeah. I mean, we have a tough time I, at a restaurant. Yeah, I, I was. People. I am that same person on this trip. <laughs> we were in tents in Minna where you're supposed to stay in a tent. And I, we had, right, exactly, with a million people. And I was sorry, off topic here, folks, but just in case you're interested on why Jesus is so fantastic. Uh, and I and I told them, I said, I got to get out of here. I'm going back to the hotel. And they're like, how are you going to get back to the hotel? I'm like, I don't know. I'll get an Uber. I don't know. I'll find a way. I'll get on a donkey. <laughs> I will find a way. And I did. I found somebody's oh, really? driver outside. Yeah. And I was like, take me back to the hotel. You I'm just not staying here. You pulled out your wad of money. And said, yeah, I'm like, what does it cost? Take me back to the Sheraton. <laughs> I'm not staying here. <laughs> And this oh, also- Jan knew nothing about it. Well, I hope you find it mildly entertaining. Jill's <laughs> <laughs> just like, that shit sounds great. Jill's <laughs> I'm sorry. And no everybody's wearing all the garb. No, you you have to dress in all white. And so, the- <laughs> but I mean, are you covered? Wait, from wait, no, oh, sorry, sorry. No, you can't be covered in the normal way because your face has to be open, your hands have to be open. But men are wrapped in a single piece of fabric it can't have any stitching so men are wrapped in what looks like a toga that keeps falling off what and half of their bodies exposed so you have very very not thin men in a very <laughs> a small hair. A with a hair. lot of hair wrapped in a sheet and oftentimes you find yourself going like this because the sheet falls off and you're just kind of like i i don't want to see that I don't want to see that. And oh. it's and it's everywhere. No disrespect to all of my wonderful, beautiful family members that are still Muslims, but I it's one of the I'm gonna quit right there. It's, one, okay, this is ridiculous. One of the million reasons why I love Jesus. Woo. And I and I and I brought up the smell, but I just I can't imagine what because it's sm- hot, right? Yeah. I mean this I mean it depends on what time of year you go. I mean, we <laughs> happen to go in the fall, which wasn't as bad. Uh, but it's it's brutal. We almost had this giant oil bin that almost fell on our head. But my friend's husband, who's happened to be very, very strong, was able to push it off of us before it landed on our heads. <laughs> wow, it was like the apocalypse. It was crazy. Is there is there like a place to go get hot dogs and no, yeah, I'm no, uh, no. There's no. Uh, uh, I no mean, yeah, but in the hotel refreshment stand there at the. At you, you, we can wait in line with the five thousand other people getting up. <laughs> Getting an ice cream cone for their screaming 10-year-old? Sure. Yeah, let's, take a, let's take another look at this place. <laughs> yeah. How many people fit in there, you said? Well, in the whole square mile, because see, that's only right by the Kaaba. Mm-hmm. So in the whole area, um, I can't remember that's the how best many square miles it is. Right now, short. But, but yeah, right there in that, it's probably about half a million. Half a million. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> let's go. I think we no, should No, because <laughs> I want to get to where, where do they all go to the bathroom? Are there restrooms? You can just imagine. No, they're not restrooms. I mean, there are some restrooms. Holes (laughs) in the ground? Yes. And you. Yes. And is there like lots of paper? No paper. No paper. You carry your own paper. Is there a bidet? In some places inside the hotels, but for the most part, there's a pitcher. (laughs) 
<laughs> and no, you, I've never taught you about the picture. And you, and you splash? And you have to use your hand. What? Why are we talking about this, Hedia? You brought it up. I keep telling oh, you. Dale, come on. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, but, my gosh. Bringing it back to the devotional. <laughs> this is my point. This, <laughs> MacGyver says you asked the best question. This is my point, folks, is I put myself... 22 years through very, very grueling, physical, mental, um, emotional limitations, trying to meet God. And Jesus Christ says, lay your burdens at my feet. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, he literally says, you do nothing. Give me the wheel. I will transform your life and I will give you eternity. It is, I, folks, I cannot tell you the simplicity, the beauty, and the majesty of that gift until you've lived what I'm describing. And most of you have lived it in like maybe a, a sinful life or walking away from God or not having met God. Mm -hmm. um, I know uh, um, our friend uh, Kate, uh, Mary Kate knows very well what it means to have a life without Jesus. But um, what I'm describing is putting yourself through a grueling test to meet God or what you think to be God. And then to miraculously meet Christ. And he says, Oh, there's none of that. Not that you don't have difficulty, but you are not going to be trying to reach me. I am trying to reach you. It's a, it's a complete reversal of the formula in a very beautiful, just godsend kind of way. Wow. Hold on one second. Bo, I'm in here. Sorry, the kids are out there yelling. I didn't want them to. Dad! <laughs> um, wow, Hedia. I love it. I've heard the, most of the story before, so I knew the questions to ask. But <laughs> but I just, I love, um, I love hearing this, this, about this person that yeah, yes. sometimes I recite Arabic and Andy gets in full freak out mode. Oh, yeah, don't do that. That's really scary. <laughs> it takes me back to my life after 9-11. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just he really, really freaks me out. It's you like should a, see his facial expression. He literally he gets spooked out. He's yes. like, just don't stop. Don't do that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I just see the things that can kind of throw you off your game. And it, but then I think, but you, but you did that. <laughs> yeah. Like you were there. Right. And your mom has a great picture of this, of Mecca in the home, at, at her home. Yep. Look at it. And it's a, it's a better picture than what I was able to show you. It shows you the whole place, yes. which is gigantic and people. And I just go, I can't believe Hedia <laughs> was, was in, in the middle of it. Was that. in the mix. Yeah. In her white little pilgrim outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Jan's asking if my dad had been there. He had, but not during Hajj. Hajj is a very is a only once a year and it's a very particular time. He went on the off season when he can go in the winter mm. <laughs> and do and the, not so many people and not no not nearly not even mm. a tenth of the people. No, I'm not sure if I know this. Did you become Muslim before your dad? Did you, was your dad? Me and my brother became Muslim before my dad. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Did they come into the faith because of you? Really? But not our version, not our sect. Everybody in the family became more religious after my brother became more religious. Mm. And then we all kind of followed suit and we each went in our own different kind of ways. And then me and my brother ended up in Sufism. My parents went back to Shia Islam, which is their roots. Interesting. 
so much I find out about you. <laughs> mosh pit. <laughs> yes, I got, yeah, that's a. Well, I like on steroids. Yeah, mosh pit. Sure. So, so interesting. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah, every day is an adventure. <laughs> every day is. <laughs> Kate Mary says. And I thought the Catholic church rituals were harsh. Yeah. No, so glad Jesus pulled me out and gave me a chill pill. He's done all the work for me and my job is to follow. Amen. That's awesome. Looked on Jesus. You can read oh, that. Hedia, you're a living example of Christ's transformation. I don't know you personally, but so proud of you both. Oh, Aww, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, we've been through we've been through some stuff. And I understand what you're saying. It, it, it that's you know, a type of turmoil and trouble. Well, it's it's a physical like you you did it to meet God. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to, hey, I'm just gonna party and then God saved me. Yeah. I mean, I literally went through that to try to meet God. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, you let me do that for so many years. Why? I could have had this great life earlier. But everything was for a reason. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Just, I wish there's video. Oh, it's tons of video. Well, let me see. Oh, there's tons. It's yeah. all over I the internet. Speaking, I mean, the, the stuff I'm, uh, that I see you doing with your uh, head covering, uh -huh. speaking uh, before the men when you were so young and, yes. and so powerfully speaking about um, the subject matter that you're speaking on. Um, that's, I think that's awesome. I just love to see you in that mode. But to see you in the, in Mecca, in, in. I have some pictures I can, we can pull up for oh, posterity's yeah, sake. I don't want to see the men with their. Well, I most of my out. pictures, most of my pictures don't have hairy men in them. <laughs> you need a to couple. Bring, we need to break my those brother up. was very cute. He was because because he's kind of a chubby dude, and he was yeah. pretty cute all wrapped up in that. Oh, my brother's very like GQ, so he managed to like wrap it really well, and his sons wrapped it really well. But oh, for wow. the most part, everybody else was pretty pretty frightening. <laughs> I used to go to toga parties, but those were at, uh, you know, Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. Imagine a toga party <laughs> with a million, a million other. And they're not drunk, but they're high. Like there's something seriously wrong with most people that are there. I truly lived in the age of Animal House. And, oh, right. uh, yeah, we used to do that. Yeah. They're the houses. The, what do you call them? What are the ones of the boys? But uh, fraternities. Fraternities. Yeah. Going to, go to the fraternity. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time in a yoga or in a yoga in a, in a toga in a toga in a yoga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, toga. let's bring it back. Let's bring oh, it back. So jumping off the roof under the pool. That was a whole different story. Um, we need to read the uh, other scripture here. Let's yes. go back to being um faith-filled with, <laughs> with God's word. All right. So in the devotional, it referenced first John 4:17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Hmm. First Peter 2.10. See, and this is what I was referring to. He says, because as he is, so are we in this world, that Christ rose from the dead for us to have life and life more abundantly in this world. So not only will we be massively uh, transformed when we meet him in eternity and we're given our incorruptible bodies in the rapture even, um, but in this world, we're supposed to be transformed and living out a new life. First Peter 2.10, 
um, who once were not a people, meaning we were all from different tribes and nations, but are now all the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Mercy. They attained mercy. A parable of the pearl of great price that he, he referenced. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had to buy it. And then John 3.16, as we all know and love, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So today, um, and I told you a little bit about this, that, uh, you know, back going back to Tough Reed Middle School, where I was speaking to these kids, they, um, I was standing on a little bit of a, of a riser on a stage, and then the kids were, were it, it's called a pit. So it's, it lowers down into a step where the kids can sit. And, and I, although as a police officer, uh, you know, you get to learn people's body language and their facial expressions and, and you can kind of see their countenance and, you know, people that are feeling that look guilty, people that look happy, people that look troubled, people that look like victims. Mm -hmm. And I think what's, what has happened with my, with my walk with God and him Your dwelling inside me. Yeah. It was almost now that, that although I could do that fairly well as a police officer and in my experience as a detective, that when I would look out to the children, it was almost like they had signs over their head, like spiritual states. Yes. Not just... And it was, uh, it was a little bit troubling. Aww. And uh, because some kids were smiling and interested and you could see him taking notes. You know, Aww. I go, wow, that's so cool. I got some tea. And then I would pan around as I, you know, uh, as you speak more and more, you learn to pan and look at people in the eye as you're talking. So you, they can feel like you're talking sure. to them. And so there are a couple made, I made eye contact and I felt instant, like, mercy. like, wow, like yes, mercy gift. and thinking, oh, that kid needs help. Aww. You know, that kid needs love. That kid needs Jesus. That kid needs, you know law enforcement to intervene <laughs> i mean it was as i'm looking through there were a couple of them i told you there were a couple yeah. that i felt like wow there's something something going on yeah and as i you know went to the restaurant and even laying you know afterwards i was you know you get exhausted doing three of those things i don't know how, how jack does three on sundays and another one on wednesday but and talk for an hour but i was sitting there i couldn't take my mind get my mind off of a couple of the kids faces that i saw Aww. thinking that they're in trouble and uh um, well, we could pray for them too. i would really yeah really i think they need prayer and one of them i almost feel like going back to school and, and saying something to the kid or to the school no not to the kid but to the school saying you know i saw something in a kid that i think somebody may need to contact him and ask him how he's doing oh um but have you seen that? And I, I, I mean, the reason I bring it up is I'm asking you, you know, I want to ask you, have you looked at people and think? Happens all the time. Wow, that person needs help. Absolutely. I mean, it's a strong feeling. It's not like just, it's almost like the lady, remember I told you I was on the, going to the restroom at church? Yes. And, and, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to sit with her and ask her. Absolutely. You know, what she needs. But today it was overwhelming. It's the gift of mercy. Overwhelming. It's so important that we use those opportunities to, I mean, you weren't in a setting where you could, but if to use those opportunities to minister to people. 
Absolutely. I feel really strongly that I think after I drop off Ray and after the kids get all dropped off from their parents that maybe go and see if yeah. I can talk to the principal. Yeah. And if it goes nowhere, at least I feel like it's something that I need. Yeah, absolutely. And hooked on Jesus. Uh, yeah. Hooked on Jesus says, follow your discernment. Uh, yeah. It, it's making me get a little anxious. You know, a little well, anxious that's the Holy Spirit too, possible. Yeah, It's I, being I, like prompting you to do it. Because you don't never know what can unfold. Mm. You don't know what that sets in motion. You don't know. Like we 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 don't want to overly intellectualize promptings of the spirit. That's why I told you I'm trying to get in the habit of praying for divine appointments. And when I feel the impetus from the Holy Spirit to do something, I don't want to think about it. I just do. And not worry about the consequences, not worry about why, not worry about whether it makes sense, not worry about their reaction, just being like, Check the box. God told me to do it, and I did it. Wayne says up here. I know my boldness only comes from the Spirit, because for so many years, I was only bold around fellow believers and waffled during times of fear outside my comfort zone. Yes. And then... And the spirit and the spirit will show you who he has working on, who he is working on, and you have a choice to be part of his work. Exactly. And you don't know... And again, in the process, you don't know who you speak to at school that is like, wow, I've been trying to put that piece together. I've been thinking that myself. Oh, wait a minute. I know their friend and goes and talks to their friend or the parent. And it's really the parent that needs the help. You have no idea why the Lord is prompting you to take that action for that person. You don't know the full story right now. You just know the first step. All right. Wow. What a good devotional. Fantastic. God is great. God is. <laughs> All the time. The God is great. Hey, is anybody on LinkedIn watching? Let us know if you're watching on LinkedIn because it's our first day on LinkedIn. So it'll be fun to see if anybody comments. I would love to see a comment from somebody. Whether yeah. you're watching live or watching on, the, on a replay, which uh, I think LinkedIn also holds the video as a replay. So... Yeah, and Hooked on Jesus is saying, I have regretted not doing so when he was prompted. Mm. Oh, don't we all have those stories? One incident still haunts me where I didn't act, but that's another story. Yeah, that's one. This is the, this is how I feel about this yeah. situation. Is it? Yeah, there's something. There's something brewing. Mm. Well, hopefully. So. All right. Anything else, my love? I think that's it. And by, my, and by oh. the way, Andy and I are married. I know some people ask that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're living in sin. Are you two married? Because we have different <laughs> last names. I mean, you know, it is 2022, but just in case you're wondering. Yes, Andy. Yeah, is, if we were like 19 and got married or in our 20s and got married, then there would have been no question. I would have said, no, you are taking my name because I'm a man and that's how it goes. Man, but- man. <laughs> yeah. But we're in our fifties, and we've we've built a life with the names yeah. that we have. And I would love for you to take the name, at least on a driver's license or something like that. But uh, it's just you profession your professional life. I mean, it would be hard. Imagine to Imagine now to with my dad's estate, yeah. like trying to resolve that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally understanding of where we are at in our lives. That I am uh, comfortable and confident in our relationship. 
Yes. That's not something that I need to happen. I've made fun of plenty of my friends who their wife did not change the name and said, <laughs> what are you not mad enough? You're not mad enough to get your wife to change her name to your name. But that was in my twenties and thirties. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I used to make fun of, there's a couple of guys like, and their marriages have ended. And I said, I told you <laughs> <laughs> they weren't all, they weren't all in. That's, that's what I tell you. I said, what is your wife not committed? And your ex-wife has your fake last name, <laughs> <laughs> which is even funnier. Yeah, I so badly want Hedy to become Hedy Jimenez so bad that we will. Uh, One yeah, day we will. Yeah, I just so I just want it to be finish Hedy my Jimenez. dad's yeah. stuff and then I'll be Hedy Jimenez. And then your mom would go, "Wait, you're Mexican now?" <laughs> <laughs> first you went to Christian, you went from Muslim to to Christian, and now you're Mexican. Now are you, you going to be Catholic next? Now you're a Mexican Christian. <laughs> are you going to be a Catholic with with seven kids? <laughs> well, because we are. Oh, six oh kids. Sorry, God. I forgot how many kids we have. We are. This is the living the American dream. I'm a Persian Muslim that's now a Mexican Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America, folks. <laughs> and, now, and now one of your favorite foods is Mexican food. It's tostadas, <laughs> taquitos. Taquitos. Uh, I just got, it's too bad you can't eat churros because we would have so, so much fun with it. we got to find gluten-free churros. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Thanks again, guys. It was educational and fun. Okay. So glad to hear that. And uh, Kate Mary says, uh, the many times I follow the prompting and the people are left bewildered and say, how did you know? Then you get to tell them how oh. exactly. Yes. Andy's going to take action tomorrow, folks. Yeah. Stay tuned. I wish I could tell you how sad this boy's face was. And just when any time I made contact with him, he looked down at the ground. And just, and I just like going, and it just it was distracting, you know. I, it, it and I, and me. if I were you, I'd use maybe some of your police references and mm -hmm. you know investigation, sex crimes things, rather than prompting of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Yeah, depending on who you're who who you're talking to. Mm. So, thank you all for your um, responses and your comments. That yes. really is helpful. Really, it's time to act. Yep. Very good. All right. How about this uh, app that the people on LinkedIn obviously don't know about? Because this is the first night that we have been live on LinkedIn. So yes. let's tell them about this. The Christian app. Podcast Network started by the Christian Post. Uh, please check it out and subscribe, download. You'll find some amazing content, including ours, possibly. This is how. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. Into Mecca. <laughs> So thirsty. So thirsty. My tongue is falling off. <laughs> you have no yeah. booty wipes. Yeah. And my buns of steel are showing. And people are, oh, hi. I didn't know we were back on the air. Andy's still marveling. I just love. I Thank hear, you, guys. I'm going to hear more stories about Mecca. <laughs> we so love awesome. you. Thank you for joining us. God bless. God bless. Bye.